You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome to Chakras and Shotguns, the podcast that guides you on your journey of spiritual development and personal preparedness. I'm Jen. I used to be a lawyer, and now I'm a yoga instructor, tarot card reader, and lover of human design. And I'm Mick, a former marketer, Reiki master, prepper, and shaman. So we have incels, toxic masculinity, passport bros, podcast bros, high value men. We got all this conversation around what it means to be a man and masculinity, right? But what is the actual definition of authentic manhood and masculinity? What is this idea of the divine masculine and how can it better paint a picture for us of masculinity in 2024 and beyond? But before we get into all of that, we want to remind you to join our mailing list. We have, uh, you know, periodic newsletters that come out, <laughs> but we also give discounts on merch events announcements so you don't want to miss out on that so definitely sign up for the mailing list if you are not already on it definitely check that out all right we're going to get into the show a little bit and start as we always do with a little bit of a breathwork meditation to put us into a mindful place mm. all right so for today i'll be leading the breathwork and what i want to do is focus on a body scan but it'll be a little bit of a different body scan we're going to focus just on the masculine side of the body mm. and so in a lot of different traditions chinese medicine etc we see that the masculine side of the body is the right side so what i have everyone do is to sit up nice and straight comfortable position close our eyes and we'll start with a few breaths to begin so first let's breathe in through our nose nice and gently Hold at the top and exhale through our mouth. One more time, in through the nose. Hold at the top and out through the mouth. Now I want you to bring your awareness down to your right foot. Just breathe here for a moment taking in all the sensations and feeling your five toes on that foot. Feel all the muscles there. We're gonna slowly scan ourselves from those toes up to the ankle. Continuing to breathe. Taking any information that you're receiving as you scan any sensations, any feelings that come up. Continue to move up your right calf. And just focusing there on that muscle. You probably don't spend a lot of time thinking about your calf unless it's injured. Just stay here for a moment. Move up to your knee. your thigh. Continue to scan up your hip, focusing on the right side, up the right side of your torso, 
bring in the tips of your right fingers all the way up the right side of your body, your arm, your shoulder, the side of your torso. Continuing to scan up the right side of your neck. Staying here. Breathing in nice and deep. Scan the right side of your face. And all the way to the top of your head. And what this is doing is just to help us access the divine masculine through our body putting us into the mind space to discuss this topic today to feel the strength the vision but also the vulnerability and the nurturing that comes with that divine masculine energy let's take two more breaths into the nose holding at the top and out through the mouth Last one, in through the nose, holding at the top, and out through the mouth. You can slowly open your eyes, we'll get your fingers and toes, and we'll continue on with this conversation about divine masculinity. Thank you, Meg. All right, let's get, get into the main topic. Let's make sure in the lead in, there's a lot of noise around masculinity. Y'all see the videos. Y'all see the stories on TikTok. Y'all hear what these women be saying. Y'all hear what these men on these podcasts be saying. Not this man, not my boo, though. But it's clearly a topic that's very popular. And we wanted to discuss what healthy masculinity looks like spiritually and really dive into the concept of divine masculinity. So divine masculinity. It sounds like this big kind of grand idea. It's not really that elaborate or sacred. It's really just, you know, something I think we can break down and make it a little bit more approachable, right? So that's really why we wanted to kind of dive into it in this episode. Yeah. So what is it? So first off, divine masculinity is rooted in the idea that both men and women possess masculine and feminine energies within themselves, which when you really think about it, that's not... That doesn't seem like rocket science. We know people who may skew one way or the other. And we're not talking about like gender or sexuality mm-hmm. or anything like that, but just like the energy that they hold. We've talked about yin, yang energy, mm-hmm. just this very like it's the duality of self, like just balancing each other out. And one's not better or worse than the other. But within that masculine energy in, in particular, there are positive and healthy aspects that are connected to the divine. And that's mm-hmm. what we want to talk about. For this episode, though, like while we say divine masculinity is in both men and women, we really wanted to focus on basically how you men, how the brothers can get it together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think the ladies know when they see divine masculine energy, right? We we have the... Is that BDE? I was about to say, that's the colloquial term we use, right? That's what it is, right? So, I mean, my, my list, I can go through, <laughs> like, the official list of the characteristics I got right here. But, like, okay. action and initiative, right? So, mm. you know, divine masculinity is about having a plan, having a vision for your life, having a vision for your family, where you want to go, you know, making sure you're putting that in, into action and, and executing on that, right? Okay. Like that's, that's very... Makes sense, right? Right. 
Second is leadership. So that involves like leading with integrity and wisdom, right? And really like showing up as as a leader and not necessarily trying to be like a dictator or like be over, overly dominant, but like having this calm and, and cool leadership about you and knowing where you're going. Mm, okay. Then we got strength. So by masculinity, it's not just about like physical strength. You know, it's not about going to the gym and, and getting swole. It's more about like this, this inner strength that you have. And, you know, also being able to protect your family is a part of it, but it's not just purely about kind of overbearing physical strength. And then we got protection and service. I mentioned protection with strength, but like it is really about men kind of coming together and contributing to the greater part of society and being protectors who have integrity. Mm, and yet, <laughs> and yet, I think like this is not going to be the men are trash episode one, because there's a man on the show and that would not be nice. That wouldn't be unkind. I think we heard enough, <laughs> but in some of those things that you were talking about, right. From a woman's perspective that, you know, used to date. And it's also hearing like what women are talking about, like the big ones, like initiative, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of women complain about a man, not, saying like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to like a man gets a lot of points when they're like, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. You be here at this time. And it's not about like commanding you to do something, but it's just about, you know, taking the lead. Mm -hmm. But without being a dictator, like being a being a leader has nothing to do with that. Exactly. Like there's this idea of like servant leadership. Mm. Familiar with it. Right. So it's about. You're leading, but at the same time, you're making sure you're serving everyone's needs. Exactly. Exactly. I think sometimes the collective we Mm -hmm. can get a little bogged down in, I'm leading, you do what I say. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I'm the line leader when we're taught like in- in kindergarten or whatever. I, I right. see our little kindergartner experiencing that too. Right. right. Like it's my day to be the line leader. Like everybody has to listen to me. It's like, right. no, that's not really what that's about. You're trying to make sure everybody gets to the potty. That's what you're trying to do. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm so hungry, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, but I think I think to your point, I think where we have gone into this murky territory that we find ourselves in right now, where we see a lot of arguing amongst men and women on podcasts and in popular culture on reality TV and whatnot is because there has one been like a a shift in terms of of where femininity is. And a lot of men are, you know, intimidated by that, right. In terms of like societally, what roles they play, right. It used to be like you, you know, would work and your wife would stay at home. Right. And so like that's changed. And so men, I think are, are lost in a lot of ways in terms of what they're supposed to be contributing. And so what you see ends up happening is men doubling down on some of the more aggressive aspects of masculinity to try to assert their spot in society. So that's my that's how I, I view it and see how we've gotten to this point of the the passport bros and the podcast bros and the whatnot. I think I will sprinkle a little bit on top of that. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Okay, come on. And I've watched a lot of videos on this, not mm-hmm. only like anecdotal. But also people talking about like the generations, like Mm -hmm. how we've progressed. Absolutely. And I think that what we're currently seeing, at least with like millennials and maybe maybe a little bit of Gen Z, I'm not sure. But Gen X and millennials is that there is this sentiment that men want their cake and they want to eat it, too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they want to be the leader. They want to be they want a submissive wife. 
but they don't necessarily want to pay for a housewife. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily understand that labor. Yeah. They want a financial partner. So they want the wife to go and work, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be a partner in the household. So it's just this, it's this, like they're not understanding the give and take of that. Understood. I think part of that is we were raised by people who could work one job and support a family of four with, without True. having a wife that works, right? right? And so you see those households, you know, essentially from the generation before us. And the financial reality is a lot of times we can't have the type of financial, you know, uh, gain or like move on to a different tax bracket if we don't have a spouse that works now as a man. And so it's like, I want what my dad had, but I need my wife to work so that we can move up. And so that math just isn't math thing, it's, right? It's baby, you can't afford it. Essentially. And yeah. It, it, look, that's an indictment <laughs> of of where we are and yeah. salary increases mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever, but... No, I get it. I get that's why there's conflict. That's exactly. going to produce conflict. Exactly. Anyway, I think just getting back to this idea of, of divine masculinity, I think that can help be the North Star to kind of help men realign their expectations to where we are as a society now, like where we have to show up differently as men and be more of in that servant leadership, be more of a, a more conscious masculine uh, in, in terms of how we deal with our our partners as well as our, our family. And so I want to bring up a good book that you actually bought me uh, last year, I think it was. It's called... <laughs> No, I remember. The Way of the Superior Man by <laughs> David Dita. Is that how you pronounce it? Maybe Data. It's okay. D-E-I-D-A. Anyway. And so anyway, he coins this term called conscious masculinity. And I wanted to, I wrote down some of the, the key ideas in the book. And so I wanted to just kind of read a couple of these. So in this idea of conscious masculinity that he lays out in this book, he emphasizes, you know, what I mentioned earlier about the divine masculine. So having this kind of clear purpose in life, clear direction, and that can be related to, you know, your work, family, or just like your own personal growth, right? So having this kind of clear vision and making sure you stay committed to that vision as a man and you are just very clear and have a lot of integrity when it comes to how you pursue your vision. Then there's emotional intelligence. So this is a big one where I think we need a lot of work. We don't get a lot of education around emotional intelligence as men growing up. And so it's really on us as adults to really try to cultivate some emotional intelligence, particularly when it comes to meeting the emotional needs of our partners or even our children, right? And that mm. that's something for me as a, a father of girls, I had to learn and really like spend a lot of time, like conscious time in meditation, thinking through how I could show up in a way that would be a good example of masculine presence for my little girls and how I can show them that a man can have their emotional best interests model to them what they should be looking for in a partner in the future. So that's like a lot of stuff that no one ever sat me down and like taught me that, right? But you have to like really spend time. And I don't think the previous generation spent time thinking about. Oh, absolutely not. So that's the whole point of us having this conversation, right? Is that we need to just start thinking as a generation of men, how we can be showing up more emotionally intelligent. Yeah. I feel like it was, and maybe this is how we got here. Like our parents were, I cooked, I clean, you don't smell like onion rings. You're you good. good. And that became the bar. Like yeah. that's the bar. That's the- <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm with you. Like how many times have you heard women tell other women, Oh, he got a good job. He got benefits. That's a good man, Savannah. Exactly. And that was <laughs> that's what it was, right? 
I want to go back to the list. So there's a couple more I just wanted to highlight. So integrity, authenticity, we've kind of touched on that a little bit already, but it's really just about making sure you're being true to yourself and and true to that vision. Action and responsibility. So I know a lot of brothers out here, they got plans, they got visions, but they won't ever actually put it into action and take responsibility and accountability for actually doing the things that they say they want to do. So that's really a big part of like, Divine masculinity and conscious masculinity, which is outlined in that book. And then there's this idea of balanced expression. And so the author, David Data, he goes into these archetypes. And we've talked before on the show about different types of archetypes. And there are a few that are specific to masculinity and men. So you have like the king, the warrior, the magician, the lover, like all these different archetypes. And and essentially in the book, he talks about how we kind of have to wear all of those. You know, we have to be able to be both the king, the warrior, and as well as the lover uh, and the magician, right? And and how we show up as each of those is really important, right? There's so many different sides of masculinity. And so we have to embody any of those archetypes at a specific time to make sure we're fully realizing ourselves as a man. Okay. That, you know, I just pick that book up, you mm-hmm. know, and as we get into the magic of of life and how we do. Yeah. I was out of town. I popped into a Barnes and Noble for something. Mm-hmm. I think I was picking up something for somebody else, mm-hmm. like a gift. And they had like a half off, buy one half off table. And I just happened to like, oh, this book looks good. Oh, this might be interesting. And I kind of skimmed the bag and was like, okay. <laughs> and Mick was like, this is an amazing book. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I read, I read it right away. But you talking about this book made me think about a book or rather a genre of books. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. I read a lot of romance novels for Mm -hmm. fun. That's my guilty pleasure. I often say I read a lot of smut. As you were going through these lists of the Divine Masculine and like your notes from this book, Mm -hmm. basically that'd be the main male character. Like the girls are writing down what they want. And it's (laughs) these characters that are like super protected. Like, of course they're like, you know, mm-hmm. ninjas and badass warriors, yeah, but they're also like the their the lovers, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, they're all about the pleasure of their partner yeah. and like they're creative and they're always so good with kids and like they cry and they feel sorrow and they full, feel a full range of emotions. And that it had started to become fascinating to me that like the blueprint is in the novels. It's yeah. in the romance novels. This is their, These are the men that women swoon for. <laughs> And the men are just not getting it. They so need is, to. Is that the the secret sauce? We just got to go pick up some of those books. And do I need to start a Jen's book club? Because I we can do it. <laughs> we can do it. And I think that men will have a better understanding of what the divine masculine looks like. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Maybe it's just what women want. <laughs> I'm um, with it. So that's one book. Are there any lessons that we can gain from older spiritual texts that have explored this concept? So we really wanted to start looking into, obviously, the Bible and Jesus. So Jesus's life and teachings, they really offer a compelling model of what the healthy masculine looks like. And like as soon as we started thinking about this, it was like, oh, well, duh. Like, yeah. Jesus won a bro. Like, yeah. You know, go ahead. So the idea came to me actually because uh, years ago, this was, we were living in Dallas and we were members of a church down there and there was a men's group that they had. And one of the men's groups program, they like introduced this book series. It's called like the 33. Mm -hmm. And it's basically all about models for masculinity based on Jesus. And so I was like, oh, like I thought about that book when we were coming up with this episode. I was like, well, maybe we should like explore more about like how Jesus 
in his life kind of shows up in terms of the divine masculine. So I feel like mm. that makes sense. Okay. So we have another list. This, <laughs> this episode is list heavy, but that's fine. And so here's some key ways that Jesus embodies healthy masculinity. So strength through vulnerability. So unlike the typical warrior archetype, we don't really see Jesus take up like arms, like mm-hmm. you're not going to war physically, but his strength, it it transcended the physical, Absolutely. right? Like he went through some really rough stuff mm-hmm. that most people could not go through. Mm-hmm. Very deep inner strength. You know, mm-hmm. when the devil was testing him for 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah. I was like, do I remember? I need to go to vacation Bible school. And so what we know about Jesus from what's in the Bible is that he wept. He showed anger. He was shaking the table. He was yeah. flipping tables. Mm-hmm. You know, he he mourned, he was afraid, he demonstrated that vulnerability is not a weakness, mm-hmm. but it is actually a human strength and it's part of the human experience. No, I think it's really important. Like, say what you want about the Bible. You know, I know we have some folks who listen to the show who maybe have left Christianity, but I, I still think that the Bible has a lot of, you know, divine knowledge and wisdom in it. And mm-hmm. particularly what you said about how we don't see Jesus in the Bible, like taking up arms and fighting. And the Bible is filled with other male characters who are, you know, made famous because of their physical mm. strength, right? Yeah. Like David. David and Goliath, right? Mm-hmm. Like he literally kills a giant to like show that he is worthy of being like the king, essentially, mm-hmm. right? There's no killing or, or or war victory that Jesus has to do in order to become the savior that he's seen throughout the Bible, right? So yeah. next we have leadership through service. So Jesus had his disciples and why he was a leader and they followed him. It wasn't really about being a dictator. Again, that word being a dictator and like telling people what to do. He washed his disciples feet. So we see that servant leadership mm-hmm. concepts come back into play. He taught them through humility and compassion. It was very much, it, it was very teacher energy. He was a leader as a teacher versus as like the ruler or a master it's nuanced but that was there and so he emphasized a leader is about serving the needs of others first then you have redefining power so jesus rejected the notion of power through domination and violence he championed the powerless and the marginalized some people find this controversial but he hung out with prostitutes and sex workers well let me say sex workers, lepers, the poor. So he wielded his power through acts of healing, forgiveness, reconciliation. He wasn't elitist about who he shared himself with. So he was really about service. And then embracing emotions. We already kind of talked about that, but that he felt the full range of emotions, which we talk about a lot. It's very, very important that as human beings, we are allowed to fully experience the human experience. And that means feeling anger and sadness and fear and happiness and joy and envy and all of the things. And then what you do with it matters. But Jesus really was not one note in the Bible. And then finally, embracing forgiveness, which, I mean, that was like one of his last... I mean, clearly, yeah. Things that he, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do. Look at me quoting the Bible. It's been a while, but you still got it. But he taught the importance of forgiveness and letting go of resentment. And so, and rising above that, which I think toxic masculinity is all about anger and getting back and um, stonewalling and shutting down. And it's very, very limited. It's a very limited experience. Whereas we see Jesus experience like the fullness of that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 
the book by David Data, The Way of the Superior Man. We got Jesus in the, one of the oldest books, the Bible. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about how we can take some of those lessons, some of those ideas from those texts and really like apply that now into like masculinity, right? So, what so do you think? yeah, I think a big part of that is self-reflection, like looking at yourself, getting help, get a therapist. That is huge. They also help you see yourself and see patterns where maybe you're not experiencing the fullness of the human experience. Maybe you do have a warped view of what leadership and dominance and sub- submissiveness looks like. And we're not talking about BDSM. That's a different episode. Getting in touch and like sitting and thinking and maybe journaling about what does masculinity mean to me? Mm -hmm. And uh, there was like a video that I saw or maybe you saw, but it was really tugging on when you define masculinity, does it have to do with the subjugation of others? Mm. Does someone else have to be below you? Do you have to be above someone else? Why is that part of your definition of masculinity? Mm. You can even add to that, does your definition of masculinity have to include things like getting with a lot of women or like Mm. how you treat the opposite sex, right? Like a lot of times men will be conditioned to believe that their sexual prowess is basically equal to how much of a man they are or their level of masculinity. And so I think if we can start to dig a little bit deeper and and get to your point of like this self-reflection, whether that's through journaling or or whatever it may be, sitting in meditation to like really break down and think about what masculinity is at its core and what it means to you. And that's not something that like you just happen to do. Like it takes a lot of intentionality to like really sit down with that. It's not a question that I think like when I'm out with my boys drinking, we're not like, man, how do you feel about masculinity today? Like, you know, it's not like <laughs> something that we ever really get to. Yeah. So I do want to bring up, though, that this is something that I've talked with folks on the retreats that I've done before. It's come up in some ways in some of the monthly healing circles that I do in L.A. So quick plug, if you are a man in L.A., want to come through, we do a Brotherhood on the Beach. It's indoors for the winter, but the next one is uh, the first Saturday in February. So February Third, I believe, is is that Saturday. I'll put it in the show notes if, if that's not correct. But anyway, so in these events, we basically get together. We do some meditation. We do a little bit of journaling. And we really try to get to the heart of some of the stresses that we're having. And we talk about things like the you know, weight of our emotions and, and not being able to fully express or not feeling like we're able to fully express our emotions in certain spaces and what emotional intelligence really looks like and how we can kind of better show up for ourselves, for our families. Yeah. And, and for our, anyone in our lives, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it gets deep. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Well, it wouldn't be brother on the beach if you were there, but you know, it's brotherhood. The divine masculine is in all of us. But this is called brotherhood. I can get a mustache. <laughs> okay. So what about women? Like, let's talk about, to your point, how women can contribute to healthier masculinity. You just want to take the heat off the fellas. No, I think it's no, very important. I agree. I agree. I agree. We've talked about this a lot. We've had, Mick and I have had a lot of conversations about 
toxic masculinity and what that looks like. And Mick has actually helped me see how women play a part in that, right? That yes, I think in some ways when boys are becoming men and even men are trying to figure out themselves and what type of man they would like to be or what masculinity means to them, they're looking to other men for feedback as well as if they're heterosexual, what women are liking, right? And so I remember in my teens and early 20s of women being like, oh my gosh, girl, he was crying. Mm -hmm. And being like, ugh, he was crying? And and being so like, I don't know if I like that. And I know I was like, I don't know what I would do if a man would cry with me. Mm -hmm. And how we played a part in that toxicity of, we were also active players in what now I'm a big advocate of letting people experience the full range of their emotions. Absolutely. I'm, I guarantee you in high school, like there were men in the hallway or whatever, or on the bus or whatever it was that overheard those conversations. And they're mm. like, oh man, Jen don't like when dudes cry. I'm, I ain't going to never cry around her. Mm. I'm trying I'm trying to ask her out to the, to the, you know, to the movie theater or whatever. You know mm. what I mean? I'm not going to cry around her. Okay. They weren't necessarily saying that about me. Well, I'm just saying in the hypothetical situation. I'm, oh, okay. You, got, you took it personal. It, it was just a hypothetical. I do remember there was a kid in high school that he always cried when he fought. And I thought that it was like triggered by violence, but it was, I, I feel like now he was actually sad or betrayed or humiliated because I think he was kind of being bullied and mm. he didn't, he didn't know where to take that emotion. Mm. And so he turned it into violence. Yeah. That's essentially what we are allowed to express our emotions as, right? Anger, yeah. violence. Those are things that are acceptable for, for men, for boys. Yeah. You know? So hopefully we can start to get, move away from that. Yeah, I think the challenge for women is to hear those lists that we had earlier of what the divine masculine looks like. And for the boys and men in your life, see where you can help foster that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, where can you be supportive? Where can you allow men to be vulnerable and be seen? Mm -hmm. And... We've made this episode about like women and men or whatever, but it's really about people. And it's about people finding ways to connect with each other and be seen and and feel safe in those spaces. Like that's that's what we're Mm -hmm. getting to. And I feel like when you get to that, like to the root of that, like everything starts to work itself out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I think Jen gave us our homework, what we need to do, (laughs) how we need to show up better as people to allow everyone to express the full range of their emotions. And so we'll leave you guys with that to take with you and we'll wrap things up. All right. Friendly reminder to join the mailing list. If you have not already, it's down below or in the show notes, depending (laughs) on how you listen. And finally, guys, if you guys are loving the show, please give us a five-star review and make sure you subscribed on YouTube. Namaste. Namaste.